Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number to call, 303-690-3000, to give me a call. I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you once again hosting Calvary Live. What a blessing it is to be with you on this very hot summer day. It's hot everywhere uh, as we find ourselves in the middle of summer and I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. So 303-690-3000. Most of you know that have tuned in before to Calvary Live that this is the program where you, the listener, get to call in and to ask questions about the Bible or perhaps about uh, Christian living or our worldview. Uh, it is interesting that I just read an article uh, that came out that somebody had sent to me that only 10% of Christians are living by it and know about a Christian worldview or are concerned about it. Uh, 10%. And we need to know what the Bible has to say, what our view should be concerning certain things around us, how we should live, uh, how to please the Lord. Um, and so that's very important. And and so that was surprising. Only 14% of Christians read their Bible every day. So we're here to encourage you, to help you with your walk with the Lord, to answer any questions you might have, to also take prayer requests. And so give me a call if you have prayer. We all need prayer. On Sunday, we were finishing chapter 15 of the book of Romans, and Paul's asking for prayer. He said, pray for me. And there are some very specific things that he asked for prayer. And uh, so we want to be able to pray for you and never hesitate in asking for prayer from uh, other brothers and sisters, from your uh, leadership at your church. Uh, here, We're here to pray with you as well. We want to bless you in that way. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, and we will go to the Word of God together as we search the answers, because the Bible is truth. It doesn't just contain truth. It is truth, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. There is another means for you to be able to ask a question or uh, give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range in Colorado, up into southern Wyoming, the Panhandle, Nebraska. Welcome, welcome. Hope you're having a blessed day. Give me a call. Maybe you're sitting by the pool uh, as the kids are swimming. Maybe uh, you're relaxing at home. Maybe you're at work and you're able to give me a call. Uh, pray that your day is going well. You're being blessed and refreshed in the Lord by listening to Grace FM and love to talk to you and be a blessing to you any way that I can. also want to welcome all those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, we welcome you. It's such a blessing to be a part of your lives, to hear from you, um, the questions that you ask, the, the prayer requests. Uh, I'm so glad that we can be a part of your lives uh, here um, on Calvary Live. So you are a week delayed in the broadcast, but you can call that number at 303-690-3000. 
be on the air, and then you get to listen to the conversation a week from today. And so love hearing from you guys out in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Maryland and uh, Kentucky and uh, parts of of North Carolina, uh, Truth FM. And also want to welcome all the online listeners. That audience is growing. We've gotten calls from Hawaii and Florida and Arizona and in the Midwest. So feel free to call at that number, 303-690-3000. The dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. And so you can text. And if we have time, usually towards the end of the show, uh, we will go over those text questions and those prayer requests that are given on the text line. But uh, we got uh, a couple lines that as they begin to fill up, uh, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. Let's go to Noel in Lafayette. Noel? Yes, hi. How are you? I'm blessed, thank you. Good, you're on Calvary Live. Praise God, I just wanted to ask you a question, Pastor. I mean, I've been talking uh-huh. about divorce, and I know that God doesn't like divorces, but uh, I have read the Bible a couple times, and uh, it says only through sexual immorality. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Adultery? Yeah. It, you know, they came to Jesus, and I'm going to read it to you from Matthew's Gospel. Amen. And they were asking about marriage and divorce and remarriage. And and I want to kind of walk it through. Not only, you know, you may know this, but for the sake of our listeners, because that is Correct. A, a subject that can be very painful, there's a lot of confusion. Yes. So they came to Jesus, the Pharisees, and they're always testing them. And they said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And and that's what, you know, you're making comment on. You know, biblical divorce is in the case of sexual immorality, which he's going to comment on. Uh, but they had two different camps. There was one camp that said you can divorce your wife for just about any reason. Um, if she made you angry, you burnt the toast and... Uh, you know, you got mad, then yeah. you caused me to be defiled and unclean, and so I can divorce you. And uh, there's the other camp that would say, no, it has to be because of uncleanness defined by immorality. But it's interesting that Jesus, first of all, he said, have you not read that uh, he who yeah. made them in the beginning, that is, he goes back to Genesis, made them male and female, <laughs> And then he gives the definition of marriage. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. No longer two, but one flesh. And then he says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So we see there, just as you said, Noel, that it is God's desire that a husband and wife remain married for as long as they both shall live. And so they asked him, then why did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away. And Jesus answered and said, because the hardness of your hearts permitted you to divorce your wives, from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. So he gives that that biblical reason for divorce uh, could be because of immorality, sexual immorality. If you divorce... And um, except for sexual immorality, uh, you commit adultery. Now, Paul comes along in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and the Corinthians were asking, should we stay married? Because they were coming out of paganism. They were coming out of, you know, um, 
you know, where one spouse is a Christian, the other still continue to practice idolatry or paganism or false worship. And so should we stay with our spouse? And Paul says, listen, you stay, you know, with your spouse, as long as they're willing to stay with you, you're to stay married, keep your marriage vows. But then he gives another um, biblical reason for perhaps there's a separation or divorce and he says, if the unbelieving spouse leaves, then let him go. And God has called us to peace. Okay. And so he says in verse 15 of First Corinthians chapter 7, but if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother and sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. Now, Noel, I want to follow up with this, that even in the case of where there's infidelity, even in the case where there's a leaving, there's still room for the believer to be in prayer, for healing, for forgiveness. Yes. And God can do that work. And yeah. so... I mean, God is great. Um, he is day. great. Yeah, he is great. So that's that's what the Lord has to say about divorce and, and what we have. There's, there's more in the Scripture. So was there any specific question that you had concerning... No, I mean, I just, just you know, I've, I've been trying to study the Bible, and I'm been waiting for two years, and but she departed, so, I mean, and she's still practicing stuff that's written in the Bible, so, you don't know, yeah. good. Listen, I mean, just, let it be God's will, not mine. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, Noel, you're breaking right. up a little bit, but I think I got most of what you wanted. Yes, you did, Pastor. Got... Okay, God bless you, Pastor. <laughs> hey, God thanks, everybody. Noel. Thanks for Bye-bye. calling. Appreciate it. All right, when somebody hangs up, we got an open line, so 303-690-3000. Here's the thing about, you know, God can heal, and he can bring, you know, a marriage that seems to be just done and over with, he can bring healing. And Jesus said, because of the hardness of heart. And we always want to have a soft heart. And I understand divorce happens. I understand there's abandonment. Uh, those things happen. I, I I know. I've been a pastor for 27 years, and I've seen it, and it's unfortunate. But always there is the case for healing. There's always the case for forgiveness as well, and we don't want to forget about that part. So very, very difficult um, subject, uh, very sobering subject. We know what God has to say, that his desire is that a man and woman be together in marriage for as long as they both shall live. So thanks, Noel. Appreciate it. Let's go to Christy in Baltimore. Christy? Hi. How Hi. are you, Christy? How are you? I'm good. How are can you? you hear, can you hear me okay? Yeah. I can hear yeah. you okay. Okay. The reason I'm calling is because I have a question about the rapture. I'm constantly okay. listening about how everyone keeps saying that the rapture is supposed to take the Christians up before the all the horrible stuff happens. And I don't understand how that's possible, because the horrible stuff is supposed to happen to persecute Christians and Jews. So I can't figure that one out. And it, and it doesn't seem like, yeah, I just can't figure that out. <laughs> well, you asked a very good question. And um, the question is, is the rapture, going to take place before the tribulation period, that seven-year period prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, that's chapters 6 through 19, and all this stuff is happening. You have the the seals uh, being opened up with that seven-seal scroll. You have the trumpet blast that brings judgment. You have the bold judgments. 
You have God pouring out his wrath in a Christ-rejected world. There's all kinds of things that are going on. And, Christy, we're studying the book of Revelation right now. When you talk about the, re- the, re- the return of the Lord, of course, there's two distinct events. And I'm saying this very quickly for the sake of our, our listeners, because it's amazing how many Christians, first of all, um, don't know about the rapture of the church. It amazes me how many pastors are beginning to say there is no rapture, uh, there is no millennium, the all millennials. They love the Lord, I understand that, but the Bible's very clear that there's going to be a rapture, that there's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Revelation chapter 3, Paul talks about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, that the Lord shall descend um, and with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and those in Christ's Uh, Those who are dead shall rise first, and those who are alive shall be caught up. It's a sudden taken, harpazo, Latin word rapturus, where we get our English word rapture. So the rapture is is taught very clearly in the scriptures. The question is, when is it going to take place? Now, you made an interesting comment. You said that you don't see how that can happen when uh, there's going to be those who are believers that are going to be persecuted in the tribulation period, right? Right. We see that. We see the cry of the martyrs in chapter 6. We see that there's going to be believers from every tribe, tongue, people, and nations. We see that in chapter 7. But here's the thing I want you to consider, because there's, there's different consideration. First of all, that when you look at the cry of the martyrs, you look at chapter 7, there's the uh, ministry of the 144,000, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, then we see a multitude in the Great Tribulation. And they are believers, there's no doubt. They're crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so here's where I want you to consider that it was one of them, the elders, that said, you know, who are these arrayed in in, um, white robes? And where did they come from? And then in verse 14 of Revelation 7, John said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are ones that come out of the great tribulation, washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. John didn't know who they were. I believe that if that was the church, John would have known. He was the elder of the church at this time. He's the last of the living apostles. He doesn't know who they are. So these are the tribulation saints It is told to him, these are those that come out of the Great Tribulation. So in the Tribulation period, people are going to come to Christ. Um, The the ministry, the 144,000, or like 144,000 evangelists that will go throughout the world evangelizing to where people will get saved. But it's different than the church. I believe the church is going to be taken out of and away from the hour of Tribulation, as Revelation 3 tells us. We see the doctrine of imminency in the New Testament, all over the New Testament. Jesus says, I come at a time when you least expect. I come at an hour that you do not know. Be watching, be waiting. Come as a thief in the night. Don't be asleep. Be sober. Don't be overtaken by the day. What is the day? The day of the Lord. All these warnings repeated over and over again in the New Testament, all over the New Testament, 
the Lord's coming is at hand. So in the early church, they were looking for the Lord to return. Every generation, I believe the Lord wants us to be looking for his return because he can come at any time. That is different than the second coming of Jesus Christ, where we know that he will come at the end of that seven-year period. So he says, I come when you're least expected. So, Christy, let me ask you this. Do you believe that the Lord could come today? Absolutely. And, and I feel like if he came, he would take me. I mean, I'm totally yeah. in his fold. You're a believer. Yeah. So yes. that's, that's what the Lord wants us as Christians and he says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up and rejoice, for your redemption draws near. So he wants us to be looking, to be waiting. I do not buy into the mindset of that Christians that believe in the rapture, that they just want to escape, and they stick their hand, heads in the sand and all of this. Uh, I don't want to be here for the tribulation period, because the post-rapture world is going to be horrible. And Jesus said there is a way of escape. He said that um, in chapter 21, that he said, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus is saying, as he just got through talking about the Great Tribulation period, hey, there's, a, there's an escape, there's a way to escape, and that is that we come to Christ and then that time when, when we're least expected, I believe the rapture is going to take place on a day like today. It could happen today. We don't know the day or the hour, but when we're least expect, and that's why I believe that the rapture is going to take place before that seven-year period, because when we get into the tribulation period, there's all kinds of things that are going on. We're going to be expecting you know, something to happen. We're going to know the things taking place. The signs that he talked about are going to, culminate that's going to take us to the second coming of jesus christ when we come back with him and he comes back to establish his kingdom does that help christy i'm sorry i just missed one thing you said something about people coming out of the tribulations are you saying those individuals who turn into christians during that time they are the ones who are persecuted yes they are the ones that are going to be persecuted so we're going to see read revelation chapter 12 we see that the Antichrist is in the middle of the tribulation period. He goes into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. Right. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking about that um, on tomorrow night in chapter 11. John's told to measure the temple. So we are going to look at there's no temple in Jerusalem right now, but there is going to be a temple when, at the time of the tribulation. He's going to make a covenant with Israel for a seven-year period. That's Daniel's 70th week. That's going to allow them to rebuild the temple. They are already preparing for that, Christy. So yeah, they're, that. yeah. yeah we're, I'm going to show slides of where the temple perhaps might stand. You know, how they're getting ready to, to build the temple. They got all the furnishings ready to go. They got the priestly uh-huh. garments. They're training young men into sacrifices. All this yeah, is in place. So if we're, we're that close to a temple coming on the scene, how close are we to the rapture? We're even closer. Because right. no prophecy has to happen before the rapture of the church. But, but we know that in chapter 12 that the Antichrist is going to wage war against the Jews. He's going to go into the rebuilt temple there, the tribulation temple. He's going to exalt himself as God, 
in the temple of God to be worshipped as God because he's directly yeah. influenced by Satan. So, Christy, what's one thing that Satan's always wanted? To be worshipped. We yeah, know that. Yeah. That's what caused yeah. him to fall. So yeah. he will then turn on the Jews who will reject him, and then the Christians who come out of the tribulation, the believers during that time are going to be heavily persecuted as well. So it's going to be a terrible, terrible time. The church, we're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we won't go through the wrath of God that will take place in that time. Okay? Wow. Okay. 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 Thank you so very much. Hey, good question. Christy, keep studying. Okay? Yes. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Bye bye. A lot of lot of confusion on that. And folks, those of you who are listening, it's interesting because I get feedback from people. It's amazing to me um, that how many uh, churches are adopting all millennialism. That is, there's all means no millennium reign, uh, kingdom now that we are in the millennium reign, um, no rapture of the church. Um, those kinds of things. And and I know that believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are, you know, uh, what makes us to heaven. It's not what position we have uh, of the rapture of the church. Uh, but uh, I do hope that we would study the scriptures and understand that the Lord desires for us to look to him um, in every case and to, to be looking for the coming of the Lord is something. John says that if you have this hope of seeing him, then it purifies our life. There's a purifying effect on our life. So I think it's important for us to study it, to consider it, and to uh, be looking at it. So uh, good question, Christy. A lot, of, a lot of questions about the return of the Lord. Hey, um, we got a couple open lines. Um, when somebody hangs up, as I said, you can call 303-690-3000. And uh, give me a call. This is Pastor Jeff Figs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. And the text line, 720-336-0897. Let's see. Let's go to Fern and Parker. Hi, Fern. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. You're on Calvary Live. Perfect. Um, I had a question for you um, about 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, mm-hmm. where Paul talks about head coverings, um, right. and he says that men should uncover their heads um, during prayer and prophecies, and wives should cover their heads during prayer and prophecies. Um, so I, it just seems, like, really clear to me, like, that that, that instruction seems really clear to me. Um, but why don't we see that um, well, in you today's do, church? You, you do see it in some um, circles of Christianity, that those who uh, read this and they feel like they should have a head covering. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 16, that, that Paul says, But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. What was happening here in the Corinthian church is chapter 11 is talking about head coverings, what you just read. And mm-hmm. I think the key is in, in verse 3, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Uh, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. So he's talking about headship. Uh, mm-hmm. Every woman who prays or prophesies with their head uncovered dishonors her head, for uh, uh, that is one and the same 
uh, as if her head were shaved. What was happening is it's dealing in the context, and as you read it, with headship. It's dealing with uh, those who, women, who were, uh, and, and Paul talks about when he gets to chapter 14, do everything decently and in order. He, he's already, um, as you read through 1 Corinthians, said that women can prophesy. But what was happening is that there's a headship that's here, and he's talking about that. And he's saying that there's authority and there's order in the church. And that's really the context of what is being said here. And that's why he says, if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such customs, nor do the churches of God. Because Paul came out of what? He came out of Judaism, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Judaism, um, we know that uh, the men covered their heads, don't they? Yeah. So, so when you know you go to the Western Wall today, um, you have to have a head covering. So I I think it's important to what Paul is saying to respect the principle of headship in the church here. That's what he's saying. Um, that. God has established an order of authority, the principle of male headship, both in the church and in the home. Now, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean, as it says here, that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. It does not mean that the man is superior. It does not mean that the woman's inferior. It does Correct. not mean that God loves the man over the woman, because he says here, here's the thing that as he says that the head of Christ is God, was Jesus inferior to the Father? No. No, he wasn't. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So Mm -hmm. Jesus, his submission, right, was in humility and in obedience to the Father, just Uh as the head of the house is man. The, The husband, Ephesians 5, is the head of the house, and wives are to be submissive to their husband, it does not mean that the husband gets to walk around like Mr. King Tut, all dictatorial. (laughs) He is to love his wife as Christ loves the church, which means serving her, which means loving her unconditionally, which means loving his wife as Jesus loved us, willing to give your life for your wife. So it talks about headship. It talks about authority, an awesome responsibility that we have. And that's really, mm-hmm. I think, what is being said. And, and there's some other considerations as you read that, um, that um, there are those who uh, were stepping out of that authority and trying to take the authority over the men. So uh, Paul, he writes about that, um, the symbol of authority uh, on her head. And he says something interesting. He says, for this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. So what does that mean? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. I have a thought. Here's my thought. Mm-hmm. That the angels in heaven, they saw this rebellion, didn't they? They saw oh. Satan rebel against God over his authority, wanting to take authority and headship. And it's like the angels are sensitive about this, guys. You know, you need to be sensitive mm-hmm. about this because they really want to see that authority uh, that God has ordained and has commissioned. And it doesn't mean, again, that the man's better than the woman. It just means Uh we have different roles. 
and he desires for the men to be the leaders in the home. And so that's what I think it's talking about. And, yeah. um, and women were shaving their heads. Um, and it was, you know, part of it coming out of culture and coming out of paganism. And, um, you know, he, he's just kind of setting it. It isn't that Paul is chauvinistic and doesn't care about women. Paul <laughs> appreciated women very much. Uh, he appreciated. So that's what the best answer that I have for you. Yeah. Hey, no, thanks for calling. Thanks, Fern. Appreciate it. Hey, I know some are waiting online. Keep waiting. We're going to be back in 90 seconds. And we'll pick up the phone lines. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You just heard the numbers, how you can be a part of Calvary Live. This is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you as we start the second half of today's program of Calvary Live, where you get to call in and ask questions about the Bible, Christian living, or perhaps what is our worldview on uh, the things that we see going on around us. And we are to have a Christian worldview as we look at the the craziness and confusion of the world and what culture is screaming at us. Uh, we as Christians are to stand for righteousness and stand for the Lord. And then also there is um, the uh, text line I want to remind you of that you can text in a question or a prayer request, and that's 720-336-0897. And as time allows, as we get towards the end of the show, if we've got some time, we'll look at those text questions. But we had some wonderful discussions in the first uh, part of the show. It went by very quickly, uh, talking about marriage and divorce, what the Bible says, head coverings, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, just got off the phone uh, with Fern and Parker. Um, and now we're going to continue to take calls says let's go to linda in fort collins linda hi pastor how are you i'm doing pretty well um but i have had a run-in with a neighbor friend of mine in my apartment complex she has probably from my experience the worst unbelief i've ever known in a uh not a a professing Christian. Uh, uh-huh. Today she argued uh, that God and our Lord do not exist. I mean, she just spewed that out. She bounces back and forth all the time in her walk, and uh, she started going to church with me and another couple um, about three months ago, but even there she's fidgety and uncomfortable, uh, and she's angry at God for all her miseries. She claims she's had 50 years of pain and misery and sorrows, and right now I think I'm about the only friend she has. Yeah. How do I How do I stop being her little punching bag uh, to be effective in, uh, yeah. you know, my, my uh, witness to her? Because I, I told her I will never reject her as a friend. Yeah. And... Uh, and I'm so glad you said that, Linda, because that will go a long ways right there. 
Um, it sounds like to me she may not really be a, a true believer. If she rejects God and Christ and doesn't believe they exist, it's hard to be a believer if you don't believe Jesus exists. Um, so there's something going on there. She seems to be angry yeah. at God, and she's bitter in life. And yeah. we know that bitterness can grow like cancer. Um, it spreads and spreads over the years to where it just consumes them. So for you and, and Linda, uh, I just, again, commend you for saying, I will always be your friend. And yeah. and even though it's as difficult it is, as it is because that will go a long ways in you being able to minister to her, but it's going to take patience and it's going to take mm-hmm. prayer. And then if she gets angry, just stop and just say, you know, uh, listen, um, God, you know, to take her to the grace of God and the love of God to, to say, can I pray with you and for you? How much of that she's going to receive, but you just keep, you don't need to be the punching bag, but yeah. also as she, you know, is expressing her anger and bitterness, you know, as a pastor, I get that sometimes. And I've learned that mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have to take it personally all the time. Um, right. But I, it is still hard. <laughs> yeah. But it's still when it's day after day and you're trying to minister to her and, and it's frustrating. Yes. Moment by moment, asking the Lord to give you strength and the words to say and to pray for her. Pray, pray that Lord soften her heart. And yeah. the time might come where she opens up and, and um, because obviously she's gone through hurt and rejection in life, something mm-hmm. that caused her to be very bitter towards the Lord. And what happens is a lot of people end up blaming God. And so to keep taking her back to the grace of God, the love of God, you know, reading from, you know, the book of Romans, you know, how, um, you know, there is a spirit of adoption um, of those who belong to him, that the Lord, Mm -hmm. he wants to work for good, that no one, we're not separated from his love, just those promises, comfort from the Psalms. You might sit down and just write some verses down because you know what's coming your way a lot of times. You've been around her, you know, maybe a little about about her to write down some verses to share with her and right. to, to just keep ministering to her um, and saying, you know what, I'm going to just give you the love of Christ. I want to pray for you. You know what, I care about you. And that's going to, you know, chip away at that bitterness and but yeah. slowly <laughs> and yeah and, she has to let down her guard and yeah. allow god to or allow the lord to you know seep into her spirit because uh, she you know argues every point you know that she hears everything is an argument and yeah. uh, i think she's just afraid to you know see what happens when it's yeah uh, when she gets healed and has happiness and joy and peace, maybe not yeah. redo her fi- the previous fifty bad years, but yeah. uh, give her uh, a new start and um, find out Keep... why I'm so happy in the Lord. Because she says that's the one <laughs> she thing may that be... you know attracts her. Yeah, and that is attracting her. I was just going to say that, and that may be something that you know causes her to be upset. Here's the thing yes. that I've learned to uh, Linda is sometimes when people have a really negative reaction, they're closer to the to the Lord than you think. 
They're being convicted. <laughs> yeah, and you just keep saying, you know what? Um, I'm going to keep ministering to you. Oh, what the Lord means to me and his love. And you can have the same thing. You can truly be forgiven. He is alive. He's real. And I'm so sorry yes. that you've gone through. There was, I remember someone very dear that went to this church. She's gone home to be with the Lord. And she would get very angry, and she would just kind of lash out at me. And mm-hmm. all she needed to hear was, I am so sorry. And, you know, we love you, and we want to serve you, and, and the Lord is there with you. And that's what she needed. She just needed that that comfort and that confirmation. And I think that as you keep doing that, because if she was really bitter towards you or God, she probably wouldn't keep coming back. She'd isolate herself, and, you know, but she knows she's got that trust, and you have already said, I will always be your friend. And, man, that that just means so much, and I know it's difficult for you, but, you know, the Lord sends people into our lives, the hardest of people, because you are right now the only light that she gets to see, the only love of Christ that she Mm -hmm. gets to experience coming from you. And uh, so I just want to pray for you, for wisdom as you minister to her. Well, I appreciate that. Father, I pray for Linda. I just, you know, it's hard to minister to those who are difficult. And I'm sure that there are many people that are listening right now that they have somebody at work or a family member or an old friend or a neighbor that they're ministering to that maybe is hard and difficult, uh, angry, full of bitterness, Uh, maybe in rebellion, but Lord, I just pray that we always would show the love of Christ and, and pray for those who don't know Christ. And, and I thank you for Linda. I thank you for her commitment to her neighbor. I I pray that you would give her wisdom, that you give her patience, that you would help her speak comfort and truth until, uh, into uh, this person's life, that you would begin to chip away at her bitterness her anger, confusion, whatever it may be, and begin to draw her to yourself, Lord, and begin to touch her heart with your love. And Lord, so I thank you for Linda. I just pray that, uh, again, that you would help her to not give up, keep ministering as long as she has opportunity, and Lord, that you would work a miracle, because it is a miracle when any of us come to Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Linda, I'll be praying for you. Thank you so very, very much. Uh, you bet. You, you keep in touch I with just, me, okay? I have lots and lots of patience, but she wants <laughs> to go on a tangent, you know, for like one or two hours at a time. And it's hard for me to get off the phone because she hangs up if I say, I got to go now. And yeah, yeah. that just sounds like, you know, immaturity there. But she's it is, and, and I think... She needs yeah. to deal with the sin issue because she blames our yeah. pastors for making her feel bad because we're called sinners. And I said, but you yeah. have to hear the other side of the other side. The coin. <laughs> the other side. And pastor did yep. it this Sunday, but I think she's forgotten or suppressed it. Yeah, and that can happen. And, you know, Linda, you don't, you don't have to be a doormat. And when you need to no. go, you need to go. You know, and That's right. sometimes people do that to manipulate 
and yes. you don't have to be manipulated. You just keep being patient and available. She she'll keep coming back. So yeah, um, I think she will. <laughs> yeah. All right, Linda. God bless you. God bless you too. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, keep ministering to those who are difficult. Keep Lord brings people into your life first of all because you may be the only light and and truth and and the love of Christ that they get to see. You may be the only gospel that they get to to hear. And second of all, the Lord will bring people into our lives to teach us to love and um and to receive and to edify and encourage and and that is a lifelong lesson that the Lord wants us to learn. Hey, let's uh, continue with the phone lines, 303-690-3000. I know, uh, let me check my teleprompt, but um, let's go to Dwayne in Denver. Oh, boy. Hi, Dwayne. Hi, how you doing? Good, thanks for waiting patiently. So uh-huh. you're on Calvary Live now. Oh, well, okay. Um, my... I really enjoy your show. I just found it. Um, oh, good. I've been studying, and, and you know, I'm one of those 14 percent that you talked about, you know, last hour. You know, uh-huh. I, I study. I don't just read. I study. And 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 the problem I have exactly is this: I was with Calvary Church, okay, because I moved from Arvada to North Denver, basically by DIA. Uh huh. And it's a Christian-based church, and and going to Bible studies and such. But uh, one of the um, pastors who was leading um, got in an argument, a little argument with me. You know, I'm like, okay. no. And here's my question: the gospel of the kingdom was presented in the Old Testament, plus in the four chapters of the first. Uh, new, new, you know, it's 27 letters, until Paul received a new revelation, and that's when he preached the gospel of grace. So obviously, based on Romans, we're not under the law, we're under grace, uh, not by works. Ephesians tells us that. So I left everything, um... And it's probably pride, you know, because they wouldn't accept the fact that there's a difference between the gospel of kingdom and the gospel of faith, uh, and, 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 or the gospel you know, of grace. Hey, Dwayne. And it's all, yes, sir. Hey, Dwayne. One of the uh, things, uh, you know, I I know the staff at Calvary Church, and uh, the church is solid. Um, the you know their uh, pastor Ed's radio program, um, so. You know, what I would do is for you is go back and just have, you know, that conversation to get some clarity and understanding. Um, it is a church that I would very much recommend anybody in Aurora to go to that's going to grow in the Word of God, that's going to grow in the truth of God's Word, that stands on the truth. So I would go back. I don't know the conversation. It's hard for me to um, to comment on it when I don't know what the conversation is. But we are saved by grace. Uh, we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. The book of Romans clearly declares that. And then I would go back and just get that clarity and understanding because um, I know the I've staff. Already done, are, I've already done that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I, you know, other and, than and that, can I? And the pastor that I was arguing with, he left. Dan, he's system pastor. He, he left. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, I would go back and do that. And, you know, in the meantime, what I'm going to do is, you know, go back and try to get some clarity again um, and some understanding. So, Father, I do pray for, I just pray for Dwayne. And he has this, and uh, it's a big deal to him. But, Lord, that he would just go back and, and um, just be able to get some clarity and understanding because I know uh, the staff there and the pastors are receiving and and caring. And so, Lord, I pray that um, it would go um, t- to where um, there is that clarity and understanding that he needs. And, Lord, I thank you that he's found the show, that he would continue to grow, and that he would continue to just study the Word. And, Lord, um, that... Uh, even as, you know, sometimes those things can come up, but your desires for there to be restoration and a coming together. And I uh, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, so Dwayne. Sorry I can't right. help you more. All right, no, God bless you. it's fine. Um, I, I feel uh, the answer to my question lies back at the church. And, and, and yeah. I know the word I think well you're right. I know the answer. Yeah, but it's conv- I think you're right. convincing them, or at least having them read it, you know. Okay, all right. Okay, thanks uh, for calling. I'll Appreciate- try one more, one more time. Yeah, give it a try. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Always go back, you know, if you need clarity or understanding. And and um, I just love, love that uh, ministry down there at Calvary Church. Let's go to Mark in Aurora. Hey, Mark. Hey, hello, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. You know, um, I, I just wanted to share something really quick that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, in church, we hear from the pulpit how we need to get out and to witness. Um, some friends and I decided to do that. We went to the Denver Park, and uh, God just did some incredible things that I, I just wanted to share. Um before we got out of my truck, I had two other guys with me. One of the guys said, you know what, before we get out, let's pray right now and ask God, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want us to talk to? And I thought, okay. Uh, so I, each one of us prayed, and I thought, God, who, who, do you, who do you want me to talk to at this park? And I, I envisioned this guy sitting on a park bench just overlooking the little uh, lake that's there. And after I kind of saw that in my mind's eye, I thought, okay, I got my guy. Let's go. And I didn't really think much more of that, right? We got out of the truck. We started, you know, down the path. We talked to a number of people, had some pretty good responses. And as I went further down the path, I looked over my left shoulder, and I was floored. There's the guy that I saw. Unbelievable. Oh. I, it floored me. So I walked over to him, and I said, uh, excuse me, but uh, is there anything that you could use prayer for? I, I like to pray for people. And he looked at me real serious, and he said, yes. As a matter of fact, I was just sitting here asking God for a sign. And I said to him, well, you know what? You need to know something. God heard your prayer, and that's why I'm here. What's going on? 
and he shared with me how uh, his marriage of 28 years ended. His wife walked out on the marriage, and he shared with me, you know, some of the details and stuff. The amazing thing about that is my wife did the same thing to me three years ago. Uh, after 30 years of marriage and six kids, she walked out on the marriage and left myself and the kids and, and all of that. So, so you know, I, I know pain that he was in. I know the horror. I know all about that. And, and I was able to share with him some of the scripture verses that really meant a lot to me when I was going through that pain. And, and as I shared them with him, the tears just came down, and I was able to pray for him. And his name was Randy, and I said, Randy, you know what? Stand up, man. You, you need a hug. So I gave him a big hug, and as, as I was hugging him, I said, you know what? Something that you need to know. You need to know God is for you. He is not against you. He is for you. You need to know that. Deep down inside, you need to know that. And we both ended up walking away just completely blown away by what God just did. And, and the reason why I share that is, you know, a lot of us know the knowledge. We trust God. We listen to God. But um, it's time to hit the bricks sometimes and just yeah. trust God that, you know, he's going to be there with us. You know, the Bible right. talks about... Don't worry about what you're going to say, but at that time, he will give you the words to say. And I, right. I, I say that to encourage others that are out there. God's with you, man, and, and share the gospel. Yeah, it is. And those divine appointments will happen. And I think every day that we should pray, Lord, how do you want me to be led by you? How do you, you know, those divine appointments that we have? And it may be in a park, like you said. Um, it may be at the grocery store. I've stopped and prayed with people at the grocery store. It may be at the hospital. Uh, hospital is another place. It may be different places. But when you were talking, uh, one of the things that uh, Mark I was thinking of was in Matthew chapter 9 when he saw the multitudes, Jesus, and he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to the disciples that the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So there's a harvest out there. And, Amen. you know, he, he saying pray for laborers to go out into that harvest. And if we would just be willing to be open to the leading of the Lord for those divine appointments, it's amazing what, what he will do. And perhaps your testimony is just an encouragement uh, for somebody who's like, you know, maybe feeling the prompting of the Lord to go talk to a old friend or somebody at work or maybe a neighbor. Um, be open to what the Lord wants to do and, and how we speak to others. So I appreciate it, Mark. Appreciate your testimony there. Amen. Thank you. You bet. God bless you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. You know, it is wonderful to be used of the Lord for just sensitive. and It is kind of be kind of scary sometimes or little bit intimidating, I should say, when we go to talk to somebody. But as the Lord lays it on our heart, he will guide us and direct us and give us the words to say. Hey, let's go to Colleen in North Glen. 
Hi, Colleen. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Is this the pastor? This is the pastor. Okay, your name, your voice sounds different here than it did on the radio. I just want well, to um, give a shout-out for God's glory. I called you maybe a year ago, okay. and we prayed for my grandson. And, okay. um, hold on, let me see. Is somebody leaving? Okay. Anyway, we prayed for my grandson, and I see such a change in his faith Good. that I just want to praise God. Prayer is indeed powerful, and I, I appreciate your call with the girl, two calls back, as well as the last one. Yeah. And I'm praying with her as well, because I think prayer is going to move that mountain as well. Yeah, it is, and it's important for us, you know, to be praying for our kids, our grandkids. You know, I remind our congregation all the time. Don't stop praying and um, keep praying and how we need to be praying and then to be praying for those, you know, people that are around us to be able to reach them because it can be hard and difficult. But it's so good to hear. And I think that's a great encouragement, Colleen, that, you know, you asked for prayer a year ago and you're seeing the Lord work and uh, his countenance has changed. And uh, we just praise God for that. And so let's let's give thanks to the Lord and then just pray for those who are perhaps, you know, wondering, is there hope? Should I keep praying? Should I keep ministering? And the answer is yes, yes. Keep reaching out. Keep praying. Keep ministering. So, Father, I thank you for Colleen. I thank you that she has um, called and and just followed up. I I just love it when we hear uh, how you've worked through uh, callers that called a few weeks ago, months ago, a year ago, um, and how you've brought healing, how you've brought... Uh, just uh, people to Christ, answer prayer, because you care for your people. And I thank you for what you've done with Colleen and her grandson and um, just the work that you're doing. I pray that you would continue, help Colleen to minister to her family, to her grandson, to um, just look to you. And Lord, um, give her the wisdom and, and to continue to um, to talk to him and talk to all her family. You know who they are. And in, in, in that, and Lord, we also pray for those who are listening that perhaps are wondering, do I continue to minister to that one who perhaps is difficult, who perhaps is um, hard to reach, maybe challenging, but Lord, uh, you've called us. Um, you've been patient with us. And so, Lord, uh, may we be patient with them and give the love of Jesus Christ to them, praying for them, being a light to them, because the harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are few. So I thank you for Colleen. I thank you for today's show. And just these reminders that are so important. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for right. calling, Colleen. Thanks for following up. Appreciate it. You, you too, Pastor. I was thinking, actually, it was probably more like a half a year, too. So God's time is good. <laughs> it's perfect. God is good. God, God bless, bless you. you. You have a great evening. Thanks. You too. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show. I can't. I was thinking when Colleen called, and what we've been talking about, and some of the callers are ministering to others. And I want to read to you from Romans chapter fifteen, verse uh, five. It says, "Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus." And in the context here, what Paul is talking about is um, that Paul's talking about receiving one another. Christ is the ultimate example. And he says, God is the God of patience and comfort. 
He's been so patient with us, right? I mean, he was patient with me. He was patient with you. When did he love us? When we got our act together? You know, when we said, oh, I think I'll choose you now, Lord, and come to you? No. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And he proved this love for us. And he's been patient in bringing us to salvation. So many of you have that testimony that um, he kept drawing you and drawing you and didn't give up. And then also he's been patient with me in my life and in my walk with him to grow me, to to mature me. to And I'm so glad that he hasn't given up on me and he won't give up on you. So let's receive one another. He says, be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus because he was patient and he brought comfort that you do as well. You be like-minded towards one another because Jesus is the ultimate example. So I think that's a good reminder. The world needs Christians to share the gospel. The world needs the the love of Jesus Christ, the light of Jesus Christ, the truth of Jesus Christ to be expressed to others. And I hope that we would be sensitive to the leading of the Lord in all of that. So I want to thank you for today's show. We're, we're towards the end. Um, these great reminders that we have. Reach out to others. Keep praying for them. Be a light to them. And uh, see what the Lord does because he wants to do so much uh, in using us in the days that we're in. God bless you. Looking forward to talking to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.